Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engaged podcast. I'm your host, Bunny Pounds, the president of Christians Engaged. This ministry exists to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to do three things. To pray for our elected officials and our nation regularly. To vote in every election to impact our culture and to engage in some form of civic education or involvement for the well-being of our nation. So thankful, Bunny, for what you do. A lot of people talk the talk, but you really walk the walk. I love it, love it. Love teaming up with you, Bunny. So excited about what you're doing and the people you're reaching. And And I will stand and lock arms with this woman of God, Bunny Pounds, any day of the week. Bunny, you are a new hero of mine. America is worth it. Now is the time. America needs your involvement. Please take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. Join with a movement of other Christians that are doing these three simple things that can really impact this nation. Join us. Hey, everybody. Conversations with Christians Engaged. We are having a blast on this new series as we talk about issues that the church is not paying attention to. There are a lot of issues in our world that we can relate to the Bible, but a lot of times we don't. We don't talk about them. And when I was thinking about this series, I was thinking about a special person, June Hunt, the founder of the Hope Center, the founder of Hope for the Heart, a ministry that she founded in 1986. Uh, You know, June calls herself the chief servant officer but her life work has yielded contributions in the field of Christian counseling. She sold over over 2 million copies of her books in 60 nations. And when this uh, Hope Center was created, we're in the Hope Center right now, this became a home for so many nonprofit ministries that then came together to collaborate. June, it's so exciting to talk to you today. I love being with you, Bunny, thank you. Well, you are finishing up a series at First Baptist Dallas, and you handed me a flyer many months ago about all these topics that were on your heart, like bullying, abortion, sexual abuse, domestic abuse, homosexuality, transgenderism, suicide prevention. And you were like, I'm so excited to talk about all these topics. And this is part of your life work is taking these topics that people in the church sometimes are afraid to talk about and bringing the Bible perspective to it. But specifically, June, why are these topics so important to you right now? What's happening in America that's making you want to respond um, on these specific topics? Well, I know what it's like to not know how to think. Uh, I remember I was in my uh, young 20s and I was asked, to do an interview and I did, they, they, the questions were just one after another after another. And one of the questions was about abortion and uh, wanting to know my opinion. And I had looked up the word abortion in the Bible, this is years ago, and there was no listing. I thought, okay, so God is silent on that topic. Mm-hmm. And, um, So I said, I just think a woman needs to do whatever she thinks is best in her situation. I got hundreds and hundreds of letters Hmm. complimenting me 
on this interview having all these different topics, but there were five letters that asked me, would I reconsider my position? Mm-hmm. And the third letter was the only one that had a scripture, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This is God speaking. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And I went, oh no, I'm wrong. I answered wrong. God is a part Mm -hmm. of, of life and I didn't know it. He begins life before I formed you in the womb. Again, Jeremiah 1.5. And I wrote all five of the ones who had written me to reconsider. I said, thank you for reaching out to me. Yes. You were so helpful. Um, I needed to know the truth. I needed to be confronted. And I thank you for Mm -hmm. confronting me. Now, Bunny, today... There is a great deal being said. When that occurred, there wasn't much said. Uh, This was before what is called Roe versus Wade, uh, the decision, and uh, by the Supreme Court at that time. But what I can say today, I see all kind of placards, and you do too, Mm -hmm. on the news. My body, my choice. How do we respond to that? Well... I wouldn't have known at one time. What do you say? Well, today I would say, yes, your body is your choice. But in pregnancy, there are two different bodies, two different brainwave patterns, two different heartbeats, two different DNAs. So you do have a right to make the decision about your body, but not the the right to destroy another life. Yes. And so if we can compassionately and gently, not attacking, not yelling, not being argumentative, but learn how mm. do you answer the real questions that they are asking, the real arguments they are presenting, it can make all the difference in the world. Well, in June, I taught a few months ago, we did a whole series on the pro-life issue in a post-Roe world. And I actually did a whole Bible study on life in the Bible, just me talking to the camera. And I used your book as the reference tool for that. And it was so good because there's so many scriptures that people don't even think about. Um, Let's talk about a couple of issues that people don't think that there's biblical understanding on or or what's happening in the world. One of the things you're really concerned about is the suicide rate in our young people right now. Um, What's going on there? Why are there so many young people? I think most high schoolers now have experienced a friend or somebody, you know, maybe it's a friend removed that has committed suicide. I mean, it's it's really bad right now. Um, how do we speak hope into those situations? And, and that's just one topic the church is not speaking on. I think it's vital that we know what to say. Like, for example, um, in my home office, I have a part-time wonderful person who helps. And her 13-year-old wrote a suicide letter to not only the parents, but also to the siblings. Oh, wow. 
And she told me about this. This is a number of week, months ago. And she said um, that he was being bullied. Mm -hmm. He's a redhead and short. And I had met him. I said I would be happy to talk with him again. Mm. And uh, so he comes and we're talking. And I said to him, you may think things will never change. I one time thought that. Yes. I was 16 years old. I had uh, a new driver's license. I was the lead car at Mockingbird Lane and Central Expressway. And life was very, very painful in my home. Mm. And I thought, Dad will never change. Things will never change. Push the pedal. And I remember saying over and over, press the pedal, press the pedal, press. The, and, then, and all I have to do is turn and the car will go over the overpass down and life will be over. Wow. And, and that made it seem so logical. Life will never change. Things will never change. It made sense to you in that moment. And I said to Lincoln, I was wrong. Mm. Life is a series of changes. Mm. There will be changes. And what I told him was, I want you to hold on to this scripture. I want you to repeat it in the morning. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. I said, Lincoln, you don't know what the plan is. You can't know the plan. It's God who says, I know the plans I have for you. Yes. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Mm. But you won't know the plan. I said, would you read it in the morning? Sometime during the day and then later before you go to bed. You're giving Did you do that for, I asked him to do it for one solid month. Well, you know what happened? He goes to school. At the beginning of school, all of a sudden, he's put in a different school unexpectedly. And his mother told me he's now on the football team. I said, football? Because I knew he was short. <laughs> I said, he must be very fast. And she said, he is very fast. Is he a receiver? She said, yes. <laughs> okay, now he loves school. And that's the point. Life, he had hope. Life is a series of changes. Life is a series of changes. And we need to say, Lord, I yield my will to your will. Whatever yes. you plan for me, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. And I'm asking you to be in control of my life. And what a difference that has made in Lincoln's life. Well, you gave Lincoln some vitamins and you gave her, you gave him the word of God and gave him hope. And, and we, we sometimes underestimate the power of the word, but the word is what changes people from the inside out. June, um, one of the topics you're really concerned about right now is one we just covered a few months ago with a whole series with Dr. Conrad Vine on the transgenderism issue. And we started with biblical worldview, then biblical marriage. We talked about critical theory and then gender theory. We had to start from the beginning and kind of dive into this topic because it's so, so many different layers. Um, what have you been studying? What are some of the things that you're really concerned about and how do we bring hope into families? Well, first of all, it is God who said, 
that he made us male and female. So it's his choice yes. as to whether we will be whatever the two genders are. There aren't multiple genders beyond the two. Right. And yet when I think of what is going on in our culture, um, a lot of people are very upset that the records of females are being destroyed, meaning if a transgender person, a person who was born male, mm -hmm. that male has huge advantages. Now there is something in our culture called the Equality Act, mm -hmm. and it's going under the name of equality to allow males, those born male, to literally, uh, even if they've transitioned, then, then now they can be on a female team. Mm -hmm. The difference is, and this is, you asked my studies, there's a Dr. Linda Blade uh, in, in Canada, and she's a kinesiologist, and she said, on average, male athletes are 40% heavier. Mm. Those born male, 15% yep. faster, 37% more powerful, 20 to 50% stronger than their female counterparts. This is not equal. So the Equality Act that's been presented isn't at all equal, and that's why all these records of female athletes, those who are born female, they can't in any way have a fair competition with those who were born male. And that is imperative to understand. Yeah, it's literally destroying women's sports, whether it's on the collegiate level or uh, professionally. And, and uh, I know that definitely the state legislatures are taking that up across the country as it should. Um, how do you speak life into to, um, a child that's dealing with a parent um, that wants to be a different sex? What do you say to that? Have you gotten calls on your radio show concerning that? I have a dear friend who, whose father told, told her, uh, I'm going to be a woman. And the challenge in her life and uh, what it was like for her growing up in a transgender home wow. was very painful meaning she knew she was to keep this secret and she did she did exactly what the dad asked but uh, there were, were times when he sexually uh, did things to her and tried and there was a brother who knocked him off of her uh, and he had this fixation about her physical body, even her clothes. Her clothes would disappear because he would be wearing her clothes. It was very, very disheartening. Wow. And I will just say, he did transition later, but at the end of his life, he had cancer, and he admitted to her it didn't work. It didn't satisfy his life, even though he went through everything that he wanted to in terms of whatever processes and whatever clothes and the, the look. I've seen the pictures of him. 
But it's really tragic because it destroyed their relationship and it was very hard on the entire family. So I think the issue is God has a purpose. Mm -hmm. God has a plan for each of our lives. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Mm -hmm. And so the plan, if he has us to be whatever gender it is, uh, I happen to be female. I know I was treated differently than my older brother. I know there were advantages that he had. I know very much uh, the difference of how he was treated by my father. Mm. But you know, if as long as he made me a female, I need to be saying to the Lord, however you want me uh, to be used by you, I'm willing. Yes. And may I learn whatever I need to learn, whatever opportunities you give me, mm. and just know that God has a plan for each of us and to accept that plan and purpose. Well, the Word of God brings clarity even in that situation because you can see when you realize this is not how my father was created, right? This is not the will of God for his life. And, and when you can see that in black and white in the Word of God, then it brings a little bit more clarity. Um, can you talk about, um, you know, domestic and sexual abuse? Because this is happening all over the church. I, I, it breaks my heart, June, that we're struggling with this within the body of Christ. But there are women that are getting hit by their husbands. There are kids being sexually abused. We have a, a dear friend that was part of our, our house church for years that ended up you know, going to jail for this issue. Um, and I never saw it coming, never could have imagined. Um, can you talk about that, how prevalent it is, and what do we do? Well, let's mention uh, childhood sexual abuse first. One in three girls, one in five boys are victims of childhood sexual abuse. One in three, and all you have to do is think one, two, three, if you're in a school or wow. in a church, um, and there's a girls class. If you, and boys, by the way, I've talked with many boys, men who grew up being abused it is so difficult for them to talk about it because sometimes they think, why me? I'm, and it's typically male on male. And so it's like, is there something homosexual about me? And some, most every, I'll just say of the homosexuals that I have um, talked with for many, many uh, years, uh, almost always there is that's one of the three reasons yes. for homosexuality. That's one of the causes because that's the first sexual encounter they have. And there it's a feel good sensation by God's design. God made the sexual experience to be uh, special and enjoyed, but not with male on male or okay. female and female. Now you asked about, um, domestic violence. The statistics worldwide, I remember being in Dallas and reading years ago the first survey that had ever been done that was worldwide. Mm. 
Mm. It's one in three women, one worldwide. And this isn't just the church. We're talking about all over the world. And when you think, again, you just, uh, in fact, I was asked to speak for women of faith years ago. And uh, I would go to these huge arenas and I would say, and that was what I was being asked to speak on because they had done a survey. What do you wish for us to present? This is women of faith. And, uh, you know, do you have problems like an ingrown toenail? And they they made up some funny things and they were stunned at the request. Mm. Number one, huge outcry domestic violence. And so that's where I started. I, when I gave that statistic, one in three, I then started like this. Here's this huge auditorium, a coliseum. One, two, three, 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 one, two, three. It's chilling. You know, I came off the stage and then I was to go do a book signing and and there was this long line, and I, they would be lined up, and they would go, just sometimes just one, I'm one, or this, with their the one over their heads, and then they'd point to themselves, and the, some would just fall in my arms and weep. Uh. So we need to be aware. Uh, when someone says, and they typically, they're protective. They're, they're supposed to be the queen of their castle, if you will. They're the, the queen of the home. But not when there is domestic violence. They feel belittled. And this is the responsibility where we need to believe them. I have kept people, by the way, in my home that I didn't even know. Uh, that was, I'm thinking about a woman and her little boy. And... Uh, I didn't know her, but I was told she needed a place because of the the physical abuse. And she was there for a number of months. Much, much, much later, she comes to my home with a husband, and he comes in and says, she has something to say, and it's to tell you that this really didn't happen. She made it up. And I looked at her. And her head was like bowed. And he said, tell her, tell her. And she said whatever she said. And I said, I just want you to know I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. You see, I did not believe him. Yeah. And there needs to be vigilance on our part to know that at times we need to take a stand. We know we need Mm -hmm. to come alongside and say, can you tell me, is there unwanted force against you? And by the way, somebody just the other day told me, uh, she said, well, I, you know, I, I, I really wasn't a victim of domestic violence. I was just shoved and pushed and knocked down. No, that is abuse. So that she thinks it had to be a slash or bruise. Mm. No, any force at all is wrong. And if you need to get materials on this topic, 
while we have that at Hope for the Heart, or there are many, many sources. Uh, but you do need to get help because it typically escalates. Mm. And that's a very big concern that sometimes it's not enough with what has taken place. It's usually progressive. And at times you need to be able to take a stand to help someone else. How have you seen these conversations that you do in churches or with ministry leaders or even on the radio just open up the atmosphere you know, because it's a dark, these are dark subjects. And, and for that reason, we don't want to talk about them, you know, but the reality is when you do talk about them and you bring the word of God and you bring life into it, how have you seen that just really bring freedom? I love that you said the word freedom. Uh, that's great, Bunny. Um, when we first started our ministry, we were only on uh, radio and that's it I mean you started as a radio program and we were doing programs on um, domestic violence and when I gave the statistic I never will forget uh, getting three and four times the mail initially that's all we had was mail three and four times every time I would do childhood sexual abuse or uh, domestic violence wow. they would just be like this and um, I would take one of those topics at a time for five days. I remember the mail. It was typically, I've never told anyone this before. Wow. This is the first time I've been able to express, but you mentioned the topic, and I thought maybe you would believe me. Mm. So many times people uh, feel blamed. Mm. And, uh, and it's like, well, if you did this, he wouldn't do that to you. If you only, it, it's your fault. No. It, in fact, what I would say is never is it right to abuse another person. Yes. In fact, there's no excuse for abuse. And I would repeat that. There's no excuse for abuse. And you can't make another person commit an act that is forbidden by God. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you look at the word violence, not one time is it ever right in God's sight to be violent. If you look at every single scripture, I did this yes. in Russia, and I can tell you I did it in Ukraine, and I would speak on it, this topic in multiple countries, and they had never heard it even addressed. Mm -hmm. And see, in certain countries, it's not, in, in the United States, it's against the law. Other countries, it is not against the law. So what do you think about? Well, what do you say? Well, if it's not against the law, well, it's against God's law. Mm. It says, bring to an end your violence and make the righteous secure. Yes. Well, God's been using Hope for the Heart and uh, your radio show and your books for years. And I know it's only the beginning, <laughs> June, of how the Word of God is going to transform lives. As we close out here, um, would you just pray over us that we would have the courage as the body of Christ to speak on these topics, to study them, to to bring the Word of God into it, and also for the people listening to us that might have experienced or are walking through a trial 
um, where one of their teenagers are thinking about committing suicide or, you know, they're dealing with issues. Um, would you just pray over us as we close? I'd be honored. Heavenly Father, thank you that you know the truth. You know what we at times experience when it's wrong. Yes. And Lord, may we not be unwise. Instead, may we take a stand and learn. May we be eager learners to not only know what you say, but literally what do we do specifically. And there is help. There is hope. May we reach out and get the help that is available. And Lord, may the truth set us free no matter what, because it's your truth that matters. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you all, if you're listening to this and you're like, that's me, <laughs> reach out to Hope for the Heart and get some great materials from this incredible ministry. I know her stuff, her books and her writings have really encouraged me through the years. And even when I'm in counseling situations with people in our local church or, in, you know, friends that have issues, I'm referring them to Hope for the Heart. So Connect with Hope for the Heart. Thank you, June, so much. My joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible podcast. What in the time we've had. We love you so much. We love being in your life. Have you subscribed? Have you shared this with your family and friends? Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get your audio or video pods. We need your help. This mission is undergirded by individuals just like you that support this ministry monthly, annually, and whenever you think about us to be able to reach over a million Christians in the next two years. That's our goal. We want to empower a million Christians around America to pray, vote, and engage regularly. Will you help us? We're here to do that, and we need your help. I want to say thank you to our partners at The Stream, what an incredible online publication put out by James Robinson and Life Outreach International as we come together across denominational lines as believers to discern what God's saying about the news of the day and to hear from different viewpoints. Check out the stream, make it your homepage, and get on their email list. This product is amazing. Also, our partners at Edify app put out by Christian Post. This podcast app is a convergence of Bible teachers around America. We're excited to be a part of Edify app. Check out all their other podcasts. Thank you so much again for caring about this nation. We're here to help you pray, vote, and engage. We'll see you next week.